It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. It is the Go Birds Podcast. I am John Bartz, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Doug Peterson has spoke, and I have a feeling that Elliot can't wait to say, see, uh, here's the cold water, John. Uh, all your theories are crazy, but I'm sure there's uh, more to debate here. E, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Doug uh, did a Zoom call today with reporters, had the Super Bowl trophy Right on the one side That's of right. the one shoulder. And then I think, I guess it must have been the one he won with the Packers yes. Uh, yes. on the other side of the shoulder. So Doug had the hardware on display. And uh, it was a good chance to talk to Doug. Normally, we get a chance to talk to him for an hour at the owners' meetings, uh, which would have been back in March, I believe. But obviously, those did not happen due to everything that's going on. So bunch of, I thought, kind of interesting nuggets, uh, inc- including some cold water, but yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. What's going on? I don't know. I, I haven't noticed what's going on, Elliot. Is there something going on around the world? That's weird. I haven't noticed. We haven't noticed anything that's happening here. Um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, and it was pretty straightforward, at least. Did anything kind of surprise you from anything that Doug said? We can start with the cold water for sure. Uh, and a, always a reminder, 267 because we have... We have gotten some incredible suggestions uh, over the last few podcasts, and that is how you can get directly into there. But uh, anything that stu- stood out from you right away there, uh, Elliot? Uh, a couple things. I mean, I, to me, the biggest takeaway was just the kind of endorsement Doug gave for Andre Dillard. I thought out of anyone that's talked this offseason, whether it be a player, uh, Howie, Doug, um, none of them, when they've talked about the Jason Peters – Andre Dillard situation, it's always kind of been extremely complimentary of Jason, and we'll see what happens, uh, you know, while complimenting Andre, but it hasn't been, in my opinion, definitive. Now, I'll start this by saying I'm, I'm pretty gullible when it comes to stuff, and, uh, <laughs> sure. and uh, a few other beat reporters I've seen, their interpretation was not as strong as mine, right. but <laughs> I thought today kind of closed the door on the Jason Peters thing. Um, anything's possible, it's May, you know, maybe they get to training camp and they change their mind, but... Look, Doug said straight up, 
we drafted Andre to, to be the starter. Like, this is why we drafted him. Um, he said he really fits what Jeff Stoutland's offense wants in a left tackle or, you know, what Jeff Stoutland wants in an offensive tackle. Kind of like his person. He even gave a bit of a nod to his personality saying, you know, he fits in what, what Jeff wants to teach in a guy and all that. So I, I thought it, it was pretty definitive saying that, Andre is going to be the guy. Yeah, I'm I'm siding with some of the maybe the other beat reporters you might have talked to right. there. I think they left it wide open again, even though he said all the right things. And I think all those things can be true at the same time. But uh, there was like some comment in there about being able to see guys, you know, up front and what they're going to do with limited time, um, yeah. you know, with all of that. And I just he had answered at some point. You know, we'll have to wait and see how this goes goes down. We don't know what's going to happen. We've kept in conversations with Jason, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you didn't close the door on Jason Peters. So unless you come out and say, we love Jason, but we're going to move on from him, uh, we know that there's a job out there for him or something like that, they haven't said that either. So as much as I agree, like, yes, he came out and he did uh, become as, as confident as we've heard about Andre Dillard, but that just sounded like a line to me personally, you know, because uh, we, we uh, don't know what's going to happen. The other component of this is who's making the decision, right? Like, uh, true. like it might not even be Doug's decision. This might be up to Howie. This might be even honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if just Jeff Stoutland had more of a say on on if uh, Jason Pierce comes back than Doug Peterson does. I feel like this is a front office decision. This is a Jeff Stoutland decision that they have a ton of confidence in. I mean, the interesting thing about the Eagles power structures, obviously Doug's the head coach, but Jim Schwartz is kind of the head coach, of the defense. Jeff Stoutland's a guy that commands a lot of attention and respect among the front office. So I think there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, yeah, look, I, I think. If, if you would ask me yesterday, prior to recording this, who I thought was going to start a left tackle, I would have said Andre Dillard, but I would have been like 55-45. I'm much more like 70-30 now. I, I think it's going to be Andre. Yeah, I um, I still think it's 50-50. And uh, until Jason Peters is in an overcare, I'm not going to believe it. So we'll have to wait and see. And, and I don't think Doug has any any real say in this decision. Um, you've heard people like Jason Kelsey speak up a big, big time about it. We know how you know the relationships work with the front office. So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's more of we like you, just not at your price, whatever you're asking for. And clearly, the rest of the NFL isn't there yet, or there he's definitely waiting for Philadelphia to say no. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, maybe he's waiting for Andre Dillard to fail. I mean, if you're Could Jason be. Peters, there's not a ton of incentive to sign right now. Like, yeah. if you're going to sign in the first few days of free agency. That means you're getting good money. You're getting basically a you know a chance to start. That might that obviously didn't happen for him. So at this point, if you're Jason, are you better off signing with say the Chargers and kind of locking yourself in there, or waiting until a week into training camp, keeping yourself in shape? And if the Eagles get Andre Dillard up close and personal and say, look, he hasn't added on the strength that we hoped he would have. He doesn't look good. It's time to bring in Jason. I mean, I, I think the one certainty in this situation is. Jason wants to be in Philadelphia. He wants to finish his career as an Eagle. He wants to be here playing. He think he, he thinks he can still play at a high level. He's a huge fan of Carson Wentz as a player. So I, I do think Jason wants to be back, and that's probably why he hasn't signed. And you've even seen some reports by other teams you know, talking to him. It wouldn't surprise me if this wasn't so much about money, but more just about Jason wanting to come back and the Eagles not being ready to fully commit. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of factors here, and we'll just have to kind of wait and see how that plays out. But you can throw some cold water on some of my theories now if you want to, seeing that 
I, I assume if you're buying that, then you're saying that Doug Peterson, when he says not that much is going to change with the offense, you know, uh, some, yeah. some things notice a difference, but reassured and said directly into the camera. And by the way, uh, you mentioned the two Super Bowl trophies, just as a quick, a quick little sidebar. But the most important thing on that call was the sign that says anyone can become a father. Oh, it takes a true another person to become a, a dad or whatever that saying was. So uh, with that in mind, I hate to call my dad a liar, but I think he's lying. You know, like, of course, it's, it, won a, uh, it won him a Super Bowl. Like, that was his line, right? It's kind of like what you said last uh, podcast, which freaked me out a little bit, so... Either Elliot Shore Parks is the smartest person in the room, or, you know, I mean, like, how can you be settled about uh, uh, Taysom Hill on steroids? That's that's my answer to that question. Well, but, I mean, Doug's not the only one to say this now. Uh, Carson kind of threw some some water on the idea that this is going to be a major change to the offense. Jason Kelsey said basically the same thing, which is, yeah, there's going to be some changes in how they do things in terms of blocking schemes. But what he also said was a lot of what Rich Gangarillo is bringing the Eagles already have. So I thought what Doug said today in terms of, look, like to the naked eye, you're not going to see a big change. I agree. I don't think they have some massive change to the offense coming that they're hiding from from everyone. Now, to your point, they certainly wouldn't come out and say it if they did, right? So they're not going right. to come out and say, everyone get ready to defend us with two quarterbacks. Like I, But I, I don't think – I think if they run 60 snaps on offense in a game, 58 of them are going to look exactly like they did last year. You just have to hope that – the uh, receivers are healthy, and that Carson plays better than he did. Yeah, this is and and listen, we don't. We, everybody kind of knows how we all feel uh, w when it comes to this stuff. So I'm sure that, and as I've been saying, I'm sure that the these things are going to sound crazy and wrong and weird, and most of it might end up being that way. But like, it, it doesn't. Th then none of this really does make any sense to me. If all this is true, if you're saying to me that we're not really going to identify the real big problems that we have with our offense because let me just say this. It's not like I'm asking for this big new revolutionary offense. I just need you to start thinking differently. And whether you think that this West Coast thing, I don't even know what that means anymore. That's what I keep saying. I don't know what a West Coast offense is. Everybody runs something out of that. That's where most of the principle of modern-day football is run out of. So, like, But everybody has their, their twists on it. And if you told me that Doug Peterson runs a West Coast offense – I don't think he does anymore. I don't think any of it is. You know, like this is constantly evolving. If you're telling me, and we've all seen it with our eyes, that this offense was good enough, and and it's not just talent, I'm assuming, and we're not just all just saying it's just injuries because at multiple times we all heard uncreative. This was this doesn't feel right. Where's Doug's you know fastball here? It was missing there. He's admitted as much to that point. All of these people are starting to say we've made mistakes in our process and you're telling me you're not going to change something in your process or what you've already accomplished with and draft completely different than you've ever drafted before. Then there's either a serious disconnect with Doug Peterson in front office or they just literally, as you guys have been preaching, have overcorrected completely and are just drafting speed for no real particular reason other than they needed to draft speed. Doesn't none of this makes any sense to me at all, even well, if I'm wrong. Well, well, welcome, welcome to uh, welcome to the you <laughs> about two months to get here. No, look, I, I think you know we've certainly spoken, and we've certainly talked in depth about what we think the offense is going to look like. I, I just, when it comes to drafting the speed, I, I remember you know sitting back in in Parks Casino back in January and talking about how what I wanted them to do was take as many swings as possible at receiver and just add a bunch of speed. And I think they've done that. Now the difference is 
you know, I think what they ended up adding, there was no sure thing in there, which is somewhat worrisome. But yeah, I, I don't think their offense is going to be very different. I, I'm sorry, I just, I just really, really don't. I, I, I think if Carson plays better and and Doug, Doug, you know, has a better year as a head coach. Now Doug was still pretty good, but I think we would both agree there were some weeks where we didn't think he was great. If Doug could be better overall. The offense will be fine. Like everyone, you know, Kyle Brandt said this week, right? Carson's a top five quarterback. Like if Carson plays like he like he's capable of playing, the, the Eagles will be fine. I don't really think you need to overhaul things. Yeah, but that's my point. Is that Carson then coming and digging your offense out of the grave, or is that you pay him thirty seven million dollars a year? Like that you pay him. You, like no, like I understand pay- that, but you're still not putting him in the best position possible. You and I can both see that with our own two wow. eyes. We disagree on the quarterback, but we both agree he needs to be in a better position. So if you're not going to make in terms it, of in terms of the receivers or in terms of the way the offense is run, I think both. Obviously, uh, you can't really do much about the wide receiver part. So now that's what I'm looking at, Doug. Like if if this is the direction that your front office went to, and and you know this was coming, um, to run your offense again is a huge mistake. That's my point. Like it's a huge, and I'm not. And again, I am not calling for. I you know people are very confused because I've been all over the map here. What I'm asking throughout this process is if you thought your personnel was bad and the way you did it was bad, then uh, it, only to behoove your head coach, that's not a good process either, is it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, usually that's not really how this thing goes. I, I think the Eagles internally sit there and say, last year we had a rough year because Carson maybe didn't take a step forward in terms of development, and that's why you've seen Rich Cangarillo come in here. And also, we had a lot of injuries on offense. I think that's when the Eagles sit there. I think that's what they think the main issue is. Um, I think maybe surrounding Doug with some more coaches, and you've seen that in terms of Scangarillo and also Marty Morningweg and getting rid of Mike Groh, but I, I don't think that they sit there and, think they meet, and they need a major overall. If they did, then maybe Doug wouldn't be back. Like I, I just I expect the same type of offense. And, that's, and again, that's what Doug said today. The Eagles are telling us that. Doug told us that. Jason Kelsey said it. And Jason Kelsey said it in such like a offhanded, like wasn't even really the question. It was more just yeah. kind of stating it unprompted, which I think is always a sign that that's really what's going on. And, and Carson kind of did it as well. So, look, I really, really hope in week one we're sitting here and we have some answers, right? Like for a lot of reasons, I hope yeah. there's week one. But I, I think for now we just have to wait and see because they've made clear what they're going what they're going to do. It's just a whether, question whether they're telling the truth. Yeah, and I've said all along, like if it is – that they are not going to really touch their fingers on this thing, then I'm going to be on everybody else's side. And I'm going to be on Elliot and James's side. And honestly, if that's the way this is going to go, I'm really frustrated and pissed right now. Because if everybody thinks, and here is my point, Elliot, if you and I disagree on the player, that's one thing. But if you're telling me that that offense was best fit and suited for Carson Wentz over the last two years, everybody's wrong, right? Like, there is no way that that was the best thing that was for him. Can we agree on that at least? The last um, two years, it didn't affect him. We can throw, I guess, 18 away because coming back from injury. But last well, year... The this same whole, offense that he almost won MVP in in 2017. I know, but that was three years. You know, we're talking about three years ago. Right, but, but I think I think the main issue is not the offense. It's you just said yourself, we can throw out 2018. And I think the reason... You, you know, you say that, and I think it's it's somewhat fair, is because Carson was coming off injury. Like, in 2017, the offense worked. Oh, no, and, and just to be clear, not talking about, you know, the, the injuries there, but I'm, I just want to focus on on Doug's scheme. Like, what's been what, – what is the best thing that they do? 
The Eagles? Yes, in your mind. Like, what's the best thing that they've done? What's what's number one's, like, Doug has this under his belt in terms of better than anybody else in the NFL? Right. Well, I think Doug, a couple things. One, I think Doug has a great feeling on when to call particular plays. Uh, he's very good at knowing what buttons to press at what times. Absolutely. Um, I th- he's very good at scheming guys open, I think. Uh, he's good at getting guys in space. Um and look, when the offense when the offense is getting quick, accurate passes, it, it works. It just does. Like we've seen it in there with Nick Foles. So, um, but but I guess I, that's my point. Is it are you are you just so banking on that Carson is finally going to be that that incredibly accurate? Because I don't think he is ever going to be that way. And one, it's not his best asset. So why are you trying to correct it so much when you know that the explosiveness is everywhere else? You know, and you're not designing it to do that, at least subtly, or like ripping parts out of it and adding parts in, which is what you should be doing. Yes, it was a Super Bowl offense in 2017. No one's disagreeing with that, but uh, not a a ton has changed over, and I think that's a big part of this, and it's not just, you know, injuries. It's not just Carson's development and back and forth. Doug has coached his butt off, and we've even said, I just want to see, you know, what he does with healthy players and all that, so... Maybe I, I I need to get back in that set a little more, but man, I I don't think schematically what they do is is that fun, you know? Like it's just I just it come to me. It just comes down to the fact that I trust Doug. Like I just I think of yeah. Doug Carson and Howie. Doug's the best at his job, um, and I just I trust that the offense will work if the players are playing at a high level. Um, not that you get, you know use a cop out type answer, but I just I trust Doug. I think he's proven to be one of the best head coaches in the NFL. So. Um, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. He once again talked up Nate Sudfeld today, which is funny because <laughs> yeah. last offseason, Nate was the backup quarterback until all of a sudden he wasn't. And then even when he was healthy, they still didn't put him in there. So, again, I like Nate a lot. I think that he could be good, but I just don't like the idea of him being the backup. So I, if he is the backup, I think they're going to dress three quarterbacks. And so from that perspective, you'd almost rather have Jalen win so that you could use him. I guess it would depend how much you're going to use him in your offense in different types of roles. But if we don't think they're going to do that, then you know having three quarterbacks dressed on game days is going to suck, or your yeah. or your second round pick is going to be inactive. So yeah, then uh, <laughs> then you better flip that shit real quick. <laughs> uh, that's um, yeah. That he he mentioned that they, you know he could be a QB three his entire rookie season, and then and then I just go like, all right. Now, now this is really starting to sink in a little more here, and be like, "What do you mean? What do you mean by all this?" And again, I'm not buying in it into uh, me, him, or anything else until, like Elliot said, week one we'll have answers here, and this is why it's fun. But um, yeah, that's a huge mistake. Then, like, what's the point? What? What? If you're if Man, you're drafting, you bounce back and forth on this pick is just because it's a true pleasure. It's hard. it's hard to figure out, you know. Like I, I can't, I can't. Well, I can't. it's hard to figure out if you look for reasons. I mean, I think everyone can agree. Right, that's what I'm saying. We're we're all looking for reasons, and there has to be more than one reason. And having him sit uh, uh, for an entire year at QB three, that's just me being honest. I'm being honest the same way that I tried to like. All right, maybe maybe this is their thinking, and if it is, then that's exciting. But nothing they're saying sounds like that. So if you're bringing in a QB to sit for an entire year, you better be right about everything in what, what this is long term. Otherwise, yeah. this this is all crap. And and what sucks is we will not have answers about that for God knows how long. Uh, and what is the benefit of Jalen Hurts setting? This this was the point of how do you 
how on earth are you supposed to display them? In which case, that's why I don't really buy into a lot of this press conference today because none of that is logical from what they said at the press conference the moment that that pick was well, what about What about if there's no college football season? That's what well, you don't have to sell me on that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, but um, yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, if their if their plan was literally just to have this guy sit and wait, and then they'll flip him afterwards, um, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to be really disappointed. Then why why was everybody so amped up with Taysom Hill on steroids? And you know, I think that was just an explanation. But again, look, like okay, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. They're saying that's not going to be it. We shall see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's really all you could say at this point. Uh, what is um, I I want to ask you that though. Like, what is the benefit of if they're if they're in this for the long term? What's the benefit of Jalen Hurts sitting his entire rookie year and doing nothing active on game day? I mean, I guess the benefit would be he learns the offense, and then in twenty twenty one he's ready to be the top backup. Or you know, another team decides they want to trade. They want to trade you something for him because he looked really good in preseason or something like that. I mean, that would that would I guess be the best possible outcome if he sits all all of his rookie year and is inactive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really, 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 some fun stuff here. Two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. Listen, I, I know this is all going to try to dissuade me, but I just I can't because that even that even sounds dumber. Then, uh, then everybody calling me dumb. You know, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think we need to record a pod. Maybe this is what we've been doing, but where you just kind of talk yourself in and out of it for like six straight hours. That's like, all it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll just <laughs> have all. into it and then you can get frustrated about it, but then talk yourself back in. So. <laughs> Where's Roseanne Barr? I feel like this is perfect for her. We can all have like multiple personality uh, podcasts going on at once. It'll be great. Um, yeah. So uh, a, a couple of things. And in, in speaking of Jalen Hurts. I, I just have to hope that uh, um, uh, you know my eyes are correct and Justin Jefferson really does stink because that would be bad for my uh, brand if, if Jalen Hurts is sitting out for an entire year. But this is what uh, Brian had suggested on the text line. Again, 267-245-6066. Uh, we should do like the one-chip challenge on Zoom, he says, because we can't all agree. I understand completely, and I'm, I'm still on board with eating the ketchup. I just feel weird if I'm eating ketchup which is, even if you don't like it, isn't the worst thing in the world. And somebody's got to eat something incredibly hot and make them sweat and, you know, look embarrassing and sweat through the T-shirt and stuff right. like that. I mean, I mean, I think the fact that you don't like ketchup makes it the fun bet. Yes. Um, I, I'm down to do a hot chip, like the one hot chip challenge yeah. or whatever. I, I would do that. And then Irvin suggests, like, just, like, hot ones. I don't know if you uh, watched well, that one. No, I'm not. I'm very bad with hot peppers. I remember one time in... I must have been in middle school, maybe like seventh or eighth grade. It was just when I was like getting old enough to like go to the mall by myself with my friends. I got like Chinese food from the food court and ate one of those peppers. And like I, my mouth was on fire the rest of the night. And they're probably not even that hot compared to what real hot peppers <laughs> are. So um, I, I will do the one hot chip challenge just because I feel like I know people that have done it that I think could I, that if they can do it, I think I could do it. Yeah, I kind of feel that way, too. Yeah, so I'll do the hot chip challenge. You can do the ketchup. I think you, you have to do the ketchup. That's the that's the bet. All right. Well, we got to find something that's more more appropriate for you then, because that just seems yeah. Where, is there something that you just don't like, like that is just the, in the same venture? Like you would never have it on your plate, mm. like lettuce or or a tomato or uh, an on, a raw onion, something like that. I'll think of one. I'll think of right. one for the next pot. Right. I'll think of one that a food that I just don't like. 
And I liked Irvin's idea, just taking a bump of hot sauce or something like that. That was we'll we'll save that for another time when we make a maybe that can be me and James <laughs> yeah, uh, between Jefferson and uh, and uh, and Rager or something like that. Um, what uh, let's see here. There's a couple of others in here. There's some really good ones. Corey was in here. I know. I'm just oh yeah. Hey, uh, Corey from Dallas. Uh, man, can can I make a quick complaint to Skype here, Elliot? Jeez, Go almighty! Whatever the hell the uh, uh, you know when people text and you're trying to see it on your desktop, there's this like it takes up three fourths of the page, so you can't even see the messages. Uh, please fix this; it's ridiculous. Uh, hey, Corey from Dallas, uh, when you're oh yeah, when you're walking dogs, is it socially acceptable to use people's trash carts to dispose of your dog's BMs? Proper use of BMs, I appreciate that. And this is a very, this is an ongoing battle, I feel like. And in uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia, it is a hot topic on the next door app. So I, uh, what's your stance on this, Elliot, as a dog owner? Well, I think as with mo th most things, it's situation by situation. I think it depends where the trash can is, when it is. Like if, if, if it's trash day the next day and I'm walking my dog at night, I think that's absolutely perfectly acceptable. If I have to like, if the trash can is at like the side of their house and I almost need to kind of walk up to their property to do it, I think that's where you lean against it. But overall, I would say it is okay to do. That would be my overall stance on it. I think there's certain situations where you shouldn't, but overall, I think it's okay to do. Uh, it is very case-by-case -case basis, and I say only on trash day and only like the night of or before. Otherwise, take that to your trash can because if you dump yeah, that... How you got to carry that bad boy for? Like what if... What if you're on a, you just started a walk? That ain't like, public, baby. That is somebody else's trash, and your dog's poop has got to sit in somebody else's trash can for for however long. So you better be absolutely sure that it's trash day the next day. Otherwise, that's on you. It's your dog. You bought it. You t I can't tell my kid to, like, you know, uh, or, or any kids or James's kid, or I'm sure, and can't have them poop in somebody else's yard and be like, sorry, it's just nature. You know, that's not cool. I wouldn't do that to, to somebody else. Like I, I'm flattered the guy texted and asked us this question. Yeah. I can't remember what this has come from, but I'm glad he views this as an authority on this subject. <laughs> I just think it's he got a, uh, an opportunity to use BMs, and I, and I appreciate that. There um, we go. There is uh, a couple. Of, I just want to shout out Bill because he was asking a, a question for James, and it's uh, MLB related. But I, I do have this question for you, and I, I do want to mention this before we get off the, uh, the pod here. Um, what are your we, we I think we mentioned this on the Saturday show, but there is a backlash coming from the from the NFL players, um, at least I think in terms of like start time and all of this in the NFL is just kind of going on. And I know it's it's as you mentioned, Elliot, it's easier just to think that it's going to happen. And I'm I'm sure that the NFL is a lot better than the Major League Baseball at trying to gather these things together. But. I'm very well, surprised that there hasn't been one NFL voice after the closest CBA ever of uh, of disagreeing and maybe it wasn't going to get signed to no players are speaking up about this. You know, I know Jason Kelsey has mentioned this and I know that um, the, 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 the closer we get, maybe it's actually going to happen here, but I'm surprised no NFL player has spoken out about, I don't think I'm comfortable doing this yet. Well, so Doug talked about this a little bit today. Just, I mean, I shouldn't actually say in terms of players, but he did talk about what football could be like when it comes back. Yeah. And he said he thought this was just his opinion, but that if they were to come back and like someone were to get sick, that he didn't think they would have to shut things down. He thought, you know, you could potentially keep going at that point. And I think that the one advantage the NFL has versus MLB, and I agree with you, like 
I had never really thought about the fact that what if the NFL wants to come back and the players don't, which is kind yeah. of what baseball is dealing with. It's not apples to apples, but it's kind of what they're dealing with. Right. The, the advantage I think the NFL has is they just have more time. Like the MLB is up against a crunch. Like they they have to get things done quickly. The NFL, in theory, and I'm sure they are, is like talking about all these things behind the scenes. They still have another six weeks or so. Yeah, more than six weeks. More like I guess ten weeks until they would have you have to have guys come to training camp. So um, I think I think eventually, look, if late July comes around, and I think the answer with all with a lot of this stuff, really, even outside of football, is just like you'll know, like you'll just kind of know, like when it's late July, we'll all be well aware whether they should be playing a football or not. And yeah. I think we'll all know whether it's safe. So I think that if the NFL says they're going to come back and this is what Jason Kelsey said, I think the players will come back. Now, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I, I think that's what's going to happen just because they have the benefit of time and of figuring this out longer than baseball does. Yeah. Um, I think that's true too. And it, it seems, I, I, again, it seems like the NFL has their ducks in a row here. Uh, but I mean, there is still massive implications of like what's going to be the difference in uh, from now until July. I know uh, you could basically, I guess, say everything. Uh, but I, I just, I, I see how everybody's kind of operating. I've seen a couple examples of, you know, what they're starting to do in Germany and, and like what it needs to right now have an MLB broadcast like is. Uh, what, what was reported something around 10,000 people just to make one bubble, you know, kind of work, including hotels and camera crews and all this other different stuff. And you're going like, man, I, I hope that's you think about that for the NFL. And it's at least that plot, probably more. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know how you do that. I, I just don't. I, and um, and hopefully this thing just, you know, the summer is so torturous and uh, and hot and and takes care of whatever it needs to take care of and I don't know. The answer is always going to be I don't know, but I'm just surprised that there isn't a little pushback from NFL players and maybe it's because they know that they don't have much leverage either. Right. You know, well, so the other thing Doug said today in terms of getting the guys ready was that he does think when, you know, they they get back for training camp and you have 6 weeks like it's not going to be smooth sailing right off the bat. Like I think you could see some some sloppy football initially because they're not having these off seasons. And especially for a team like the Eagles, like they are still a veteran heavy team in a lot of ways, uh, especially like along the offensive line, I guess Barnett, I guess you can consider a veteran at this point or veteranish. Um, yeah. He's, you know, the defensive line, the secondary, although Jalen's learning a new position at safety. So they do have a lot of veterans, but the issue is with a guy like Jalen Reger, right? You need Reger to make an immediate impact. You, you just need him to, um, even if Deshaun's healthy. So, that that is one concern. And Doug talked about how with the rookies, like the the OTAs and mini camps are important for all the players. And Jason Kelsey touched on this as well. But they're really more important for the rookies to kind of get out there, get on the field, practice with their teammates. And Doug kind of hinted that look, when these rookies come in and, and training camp, they're go it's going to take them a while longer than usual. So he didn't say it outright. But my just takeaway from it was. You know, for a guy that they really need to succeed right away in Jalen Rager, he's it's going to be tough for him to do. Yeah, he mentioned like 2011 because I uh, forget yep. who asked the question, but it was kind of in reference to that and how it's going to feel. And we've talked about that too, and just how that felt, and thinking Casey Matthews is going to be okay as a middle linebacker, and like you know all these other different stuff, and that was a poor rookie class to begin with. So it doesn't really help that they were <laughs> behind, but that's that's scary, you know, like that. It, why? Gosh, you know, I know we all need sports, but man, it's gonna it's gonna affect every single freaking 
football team uh, that's going on. And I guess that's why yeah. every single argument is always going to be, well, every team's dealing with the same stuff, so sorry, and this is, you know, like, God, so you're you're really well, making it hard for all these the new teams to turn around. The fact that they have the same coaching staff. I mean, the, no other team in the, in the division does. But, yeah, it's – I mean, look, this – I mean – and I know you agree with me on this, but yeah. like this is going to impact obviously everybody's life in a lot of different ways. But right. like next off season, we'll still be talking about this because you know Jalen Rager. Let's say Rager doesn't have the season everybody hoped he would. Next off season, it will be well, he's going to have a full off season this year, presumably, right? I mean, who knows? But so this is going to impact the NFL for at least all of this season, and I think it's still being something we're going to talk about into next season. I mean, the Panthers owner had a had a quote this week. He was talking about you know what what the season could look like and he was he really didn't even talk as if there was a possibility of fans in the stands he kind of assumed like the way right. he said it was just like oh there's not gonna so to me it seems like fans in the stands early on are probably not gonna happen but doug doug seems to be optimistic that they'll be able to start in late july now i think he was more just being optimistic for the sake of being optimistic and he's planning as such but he he seems to think that you know they'll have and he keeps saying mid-july which is pretty interesting to me Normally, training camp is more like the 26th or so. So maybe you know something's happening with there. But uh, he seems to be planning as if this is going to happen. Yeah, uh, and you have to. I mean, you know, you can't be right. <laughs> unprepared. But like, oh, by the way, we're we're going to delay, and then. It, but that just tells me like the NFL isn't quite sure yet either, and they're waiting for the okay go and all the governors to make all their decisions and find out places. And like, it just seems like a. A headache. I, I definitely don't want that job. I'm glad we're at least on on this side of that for sure. So um, I, there's always going to be a lot to unpack um, as you know uh, this this news and the season kind of continues on here. But certainly uh, we will uh, be arguing, debating, and reading all your text all the way through at two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. Elliot, uh, any any parting words before we uh, take off here and join up with James on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, I did a poll on Twitter and I asked if Eagles to Eagles fans, if you had to pick a quarterback to win one game of these three, who would you pick? I didn't specify playoff. Just if you had to pick one game, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, uh, Donovan McNabb. Have you seen the results of this poll? I have not seen the results of this poll, but I'm going to say it's astoundingly Nick Foles. It's seventy-one percent Carson Wentz. Oh wow! I didn't expect so, that. I think you know, not not now, but that's something I'd be interested in talking to uh, you and James about on a Thursday night or uh, Thursday. I'm gonna withhold my take because I got I, uh, I it's uh, I'll tell you that's not Carson. Um, uh, yeah, well, everyone listening, think about who you'd want it to be and yeah. uh, you tweet us or whatever. So. Uh, yes, and we'll uh, dive into much more. Keep those uh, questions coming. Two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Go Birds podcast right here at radio.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds! (laughs) 